I love our intro. Old school. So Art Deco. Early 20th century. Yes. The good old days. Oh, wait. Mm. The planet wasn't boiling and we weren't all going to die imminently. Yeah. And some fiery. The Weimar times. Yeah. They were good times. Good times. So, high crimes in high places. Um, what about that mugshot? Mm. That's it. He's, he's winning. Trump's going to win. 24. We'll see. Um, obviously, everyone's, <clears throat> depending on where you are, you polarize one way or the other, you react one way or the other. One way or the other. <clears throat> Rachel Maddow, check out this. This is her reaction to seeing the photo. Yeah. I know, I know. I know. Go on. So, she's an extreme example, but supposedly, right, she's MSNBC TV anchor, so this is theoretically a centrist position. You know, average Joe, right? Let's <laughs> have so, a listen. Former President Trump would be treated like anybody else, that he would get a Fulton County mugshot like everyone else. Well, just now, in the last few moments, the sheriff has released that mugshot from former President Trump. And so I'm saying we should slow down here just for a second because this is serious stuff for the nation, for who we are as a country. We have never before had a mugshot of a United States president, current or former, but now we do. Here it is. Whoa. I have to admit, that is a dangerous man. Oh my God. I mean, I know I'm a lesbian, but this man just made me feel like a woman. You know what I mean? God, he's so sexy. What a dangerous, sexy beast. Look at those eyes. Oh, my God. Melania is a lucky lady. Is it? That's it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, she's obviously being sarcastic, right? But um, Is she? Well, yeah. She, so I what? know I'm a lesbian, but, you know. Right. Okay, she's she being sarcastic. Mean, yeah. So she she's <clears throat> this she's learned a bit of from from over the past few years of her being ridiculously like apparently and honestly hysterical about certain things where and she got lampooned for it you know so I think she's learned to at least she I can couldn't still, tell she can you still, could okay well when she's saying I'm a lesbian but a scant man is making me feel like uh, you know I could I could turn straight basically because he's such a sexy sexy dangerous beast but is she saying that. It, it, Okay, well, what's the point of her sarcasm? She's just making fun of him. Like he's, trying, he's trying to be She's like trying to scare, make fun scary. of a reaction she's picked up on. That no, she's people to, are finding it attractive. I don't know. I don't know if people are finding it attractive. I mean, I don't find it attractive. I don't think... Uh, no, people, me neither, but... I don't think a lot of people find it attractive. I just think that they thought it was kind of cool that he had this kind of like bring it on kind of face, you know what right. I mean? But she's then turning it into a kind of a, a kind of like making fun of him by as if, you know characterizing him as, as, as trying to appear aggressive and masculine and so manly and bring it on I'm the president I'm gonna I'm gonna drain the swamp type thing and she's she's kind of making fun of him for uh, playing up a you know a macho face type thing you know right like as if saying I'm a lesbian he, he's so he's so he's so scary and masculine uh, he, he, he even turned me turned me straight basically and I'm a lesbian <laughs> you know um but yeah, okay. So that's nothing. That's nothing. But I thought that was. I thought that was on the level. I can't tell with them anymore. I, I, yeah. Well, especially Rachel Maddow, like because yeah, yeah. she has a history of being hysterical about things. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
She's from a world I don't live in. Um, there's actually like there's, the, the most shots began rolling out because of the whole slew of people who were f- formally indicted. Trump was one of the last. Mm. Somebody posted here that the full suite of the most shots from Georgia, Fulton County Jail. Trump's top left, of course. Giuliani. Giuliani it? recognized his was first. The woman was... Uh, most of them were lawyers. They were... Well, they were his um, legal team at the time. Um, uh, you you recognize middle right released a Kraken. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look at... Take a bottom left. I thought it was a priest at first. I checked it out. He's a pastor. Local pastor. Bottom left. He's charged, yeah, right. with, he's charged with trying to intimidate a witness. Right. It was specifically, um, it's a, one of the women who was later uh, ID'd on video coming in at night to one of the, the polling centers in Fulton County mm-hmm. and opening a briefcase. And ostensibly it showed, that's what everyone assumed at the time, because that's what you could see her doing on the video. It showed her basically taking a sh- sheaves of ballots and s- stuffing them into a counting machine. You remember those? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a bombshell. That w- would have normally been, but then we switched timelines and they said, no, no, that's not what you see. And anyone who thinks that is a crazy conspiracy theorist who thinks that the government would ever dare to rig an election. Um, the pastor was charged with, at the time, maybe you can notice, I can sympathize with him. He was like, okay, oh, she's obviously guilty. He did go to her house or something. Um, it was to get her to basically confess. Come on, come, you're on tape. Just don't, I don't know, you're in dangerous waters here or something. He was, it wasn't her pastor per se. They didn't have a relationship, a prior one. Hmm. So maybe he shouldn't have stuck his nose in or something. Um, she got the cops to come and tell him to go away and he's ended up on the same indictment he was trying to keep the peace he wasn't like a political operator at all (laughs) right but here we are four years later three years later and he's um, he's got his he's got a mugshot too yeah well obviously Uh, obviously the point of of, of having a list of uh, indictees is is to kind of like um, you know lower the tone of the whole thing it's a parade of criminals basically right it's not just one president they didn't want to have just just trump there because that would makes it smack more of 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 political uh politically motivated and political harassment so it's much better to have this long list of people to show this was a collective conspiracy so trump's basically like kind of like a gang leader and these are the gang members that he was involved with in 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 his attempted heist of the of the georgia of the georgia election you know that's that's i think that's the motivation for putting all these other people on the on the ticket, you know, and of course they're getting a lot of uh, media traction as a result of it and all that kind of stuff. You know, the whole point of this is just to basically make a, uh, you know, as they've done so many other times. I mean, that's what the media is for. Media periodically uh, serves the purpose of trial by media, right? Um, for the Washington establishment, someone they don't like, um, you know, they create the, they find the, the charges, whatever, you know, they trump up the charges in one way or another. It's funny that word trumped up charges, isn't it? Yeah. That was like long before Trump, right? I, I wonder what the origin of trumped at something as being trumped up. The universe has a... Maybe because uh, the uh, verb to trump up, I think, is to over, to hype up something. Yeah, exactly. Trumped up charges means, that's what that means. But I'm wondering, uh, you know, where it originally comes from, where the word, you know... The, the phrase. The, yeah, like Trump. Trumped trump, up charges. Trump yeah. means fake charges, right? Uh-huh. It's kind of... It's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of ironic. And you Donald know? Trump has. 
And I'm sure the word... 40 charges altogether. Right. Four indictments. I'm sure the word is long, long predates Donald Trump, but it's just kind of like funny, a funny coincidence. Um, yeah, so it's, it's trial by media. Like, they do it so often and have done it so often, trial by media. Um, you know, to restate where we think this, do you think there's any actual... It, it, a casual impression would suggest four indictments now, 40 charges, more to come, I'm not sure. Um, covering January 6th, election fraud claims. That's the latest one in Georgia. One was a, a handsy-pansy rape case from the 90s. Yeah, that was separate, yeah. That was federal. Right. Um, do you, do you think this broad scattershot, uh, obviously it's election, it's to do with next year's election, but functionally, literally, in an actual, do you think it would collapse onto one of them hopefully sticking yeah, and in some way legally ruling out Trump's candidacy? Well, I mean, that's... Is, is, is that the goal? Is there is there a logic to what we can see as outside observers is illogical because it's only increasing his support. <laughs> it's, it's backfiring electorally, but legally it might win. Uh, yeah, it, but that's just that's just gearing it up to, to create a, a shit storm. Like you know what I mean? Where you bring more, more and more charges, or you continue to bring charges against a very popular uh, presidential candidate, and in bringing more and more charges against him, you end up increasing his popularity or strengthening his popularity amongst his the people who already, who already support him. But at the same time, you increase the chance that you're going to be able to make something stick and possibly prevent him from being running for, for presidential election, which just like the two together are, are a clash, obviously. They don't go yeah. together, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going, you're, you're, like someone is in doing this is deliberately attempting to create a situation where the chances of... Some kind of civil unrest or some kind of, you know, significant event. I mean, much more significant than January 6th. You know, the insurrection. Uh, something, something more closely approximating an actual insurrection from mm-hmm. happening. That's what, that's, what, that's what you're doing, right, mm-hmm. in doing this. I mean, if you asked, is, is the point to uh, prevent him from prevent him from being able to run? <laughs> Check this out. Um, this band, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, everyone's different. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine different mainstream media, all on song uh, as a result. I'll just read them out. Could Trump's criminal cases keep him off the ballot? After indictment, could Trump get tossed off the ballot? Is Trump ineligible to run in 2024? The Supreme Court could decide. Why the Constitution could block Trump from running in 2024. Debate rages over whether the 14th Amendment disqualifies Trump. Legal scholars increasingly raise constitutional argument that Trump should be barred from running for the election. Donald Trump's actions have already disqualified him from the presidency. GOP will lose with Trump, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu warns. And can Trump be disqualified from the presidency? Why even conservative legal experts are in favor of it? Um, so that would suggest, I mean, if you take the, the establishment media as, um, mm-hmm. as being a read on what the establishment wants and what, and, what the point, and, and what they're referring to here is obviously these charges, then clearly these charges are designed to prevent Trump from running for election. Right. Not because legally he, he should be disallowed or you know, objectively he should not be allowed to run for president, but these charges are, you know, have been fabricated to one extent or another in the context of, like, other presidents wouldn't have been, like, for example, with uh, keeping documents, keeping the secret documents at home, they made oh, a yeah. big issue of that. Was that. The fourth one. I mean, another president who was a darling of the establishment would not be would not be in this position that Trump is in at all. 
people would get a slap on the wrist and be, be done. So like obviously, Obama and his chef. Right. Right in the middle of all this. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> he, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, no, other, no other president would have gotten this, um, establishment president would have gotten this treatment. So obviously the point of giving him this treatment is to prevent him, to, to try and prevent him from running. But like you said, um, that's dangerous because people aren't for backing down. His supporters are not for backing down. But of course, never you know, mind his supporters. Have you seen all the videos of like Boys in the Hood? Mm. Maybe, I mean, who knows? I just happened to see a lot of them. But apparently yeah. TikTok's full of short videos made by gangsters and gangster wannabes. Yeah. And ex-gangsters and all sorts. They're saying you should, the reaction here in the hood is like, Wow, they really hate him. Okay, we're going to vote for him. Mm. Just cause. <laughs> That'll yeah. be, that's a backfire. Like, for example, a real world, and never mind the supporters, of course, they're, they're all behind him, but mm-hmm. um, the way it could actually increase support. Uh, yeah. And right there, you would have a potential snafu. Just thinking in nonlinear terms. So the last time, it was key that, you know, the operation went smoothly for ballot harvesting, right? Mm-hmm. What if the streets are smart to that and they get in the way of that physically happening? Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's cumulative, obviously. The last two elections have been fraught with, you know, scandal and all sorts of allegations of, of election uh, rigging and ballot stuffing and all that kind of stuff. So people are, people are primed like this one. One way or another, next year's is going to be fraught with, it's, just, it's going to be a it's going to be scandalous in one way or another. It's going to be... It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. It's going to be ridiculous, yeah. Um, be yeah, I mean, just to make the point, this is pretty simple, but, uh, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a valid... It's a valid... You know, it's, it's, it's just an infographic, but it's a valid uh, statement, basically. You know, Hillary, Biden, and his son, all of whom clearly had... Uh, have and currently Hillary had and you know evidence there was plenty of evidence to at least uh, begin court proceedings or hand out some indictments against her and see where see where the ships fell Biden certainly stuff coming out now his son Hunter of course um, but there's nothing happening to those people because those three people are establishment politicians this is the Washington establishment it's a, it's a group a clique onto itself and it effectively you know it's tied to the it's controlled in a certain sense or intricately tied to the intelligences who effectively run the United States of America. Um, and they, those three at the top are establishment uh, favourites. The guy at the bottom clearly isn't. And it's sad because, I mean, the, real, <laughs> the only reason the guy at the bottom has those indictments is because he actually wanted to be president. He wanted to do what it says the president does. He wanted to wield the power that, it, that the Constitution says the president can actually wield. Uh, and he tried to do that, and that's the result. Yeah. So, um, you know, the issues are far too important, as who is it once said, Kissinger, I think, uh, about uh, Chile. The issues are far too important here to allow the population to decide um, in an election uh, who gets to be president or who doesn't. You know, he said that about um, Allende. In the, in the early 70s, Salvador Allende, um, when the CIA basically overthrew him and installed Pinochet, um, Kessinger said that the issues, you can look it up, look the quote, he said the issues.
that's always the way it's always been. You know, this is about geopolitics and about America, America's position in the world, and America running the world effectively, and you know, handing out orders to everybody, everybody else being subservient. And so it's very important that America maintains that control. Has been for many many years that America maintains that control over populations. And of course, it's equally as important in 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 the country itself, in at home, in America, that it maintains control over the <coughs> the course of the of the. Uh, the, the direction that the, that the country takes, you know. They've never had that problem, if you know what I mean. Like in all the years, really up until Trump, they've never had that problem that they had in other countries because, of course, you have much more control within your own country, right? They had problems in other countries because obviously they don't, you know, fully have full presence in, in those countries and they had to overthrow governments and stage all sorts of coups and different interventions in different countries to maintain control in those countries. Um, but America itself, they never had that problem until Trump came along. And now they're basically having to do similar things inside America that they've done in other countries over the past 70 or 80 years, uh, except in America they have to be a bit more gentle, a bit more cautious about it. They can't just have a coup, right? They can't just overthrow the government. They can't just, you know, they can't just put together a bunch of, you know, left-wing uh, uh, Antifa types and, and go and stage a, stage a coup and kick out the government, kick out Trump, for example, and... Uh, and have new elections, and it all has to be done by the proper process. And in fact, they did the opposite, right? So you see how they're managing it in the US quite differently. They have to be much more subtle. And in fact, in the US, what they did, rather than actually go through the process that they had, like I said, they'd done in other countries where they just put together a group who would go and overthrow the government, they created a situation where the supporters of Trump, the guy they wanted to oust, were made to look as if they were trying to overthrow the government, right? So they, they turn it around and use the same playbook, but mm. with with a different, uh, mm. different approach to it so that it, um, it's more about demonizing their enemy within America, whereas in other countries they simply, they'll also demonize them, but they'll simply, first and foremost, try and kick him out, kick him or her out uh, of power in other countries yeah. violently. They're very clever. They are. They are very clever. The question is, does that cleverness wow. continue perpetually and continue to cleverly outsmart everyone? Is it like Carl Rove is supposed to have said, you all will just be left to study what we do perpetually behind us. Well, it's a delusion to think that you would perpetually be able to, to do that because it implies that you believe that the population that you're hoodwinking or manipulating have no ability to learn or to see or to figure out what you're doing. At least the segment of the population who you know, is awake to that and is looking at that, that um, they'll never figure it out. We can continue to do, and of course, the more and more you do it, the more lies you build up, the more more a backlog of lies and and uh, manipulation that you build up, more evidence you provide for for what you're doing, and you assume that people will just be like, oh, yeah, I don't see anything here. I mean, obviously, as 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 dumbed down as people are, there's at least a portion of them still have the ability to go, hang on a minute, that's that's a bit suspect, you know. And then you add to it, and that's, that's more suspect. That's even more suspect, you know. And these people are getting a, 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 like a, a, a build-up of, of, of evidence that the system under which they live is, is corrupt and has been manipulating and lying and, and deceiving them. And uh, what, what are they going to do, though? That's the question. The big question mm-hmm. is what do people ultimately do? Does, is there a breaking point? Yeah. They try and contain. They they seem. They show that they have awareness that they have to contain that. So they know that they have to kind of cover their tracks, and but they tend to do it just by smearing people. You know, 
They try to, you know, Hillary Clinton is deplorable, just dismiss those people who are <clears throat> the conspiracy theorists, the people who are accusing us of doing these things that we're obviously doing, just dismiss them, have the media dismiss them. But they've done that for quite a long time, and now those people have become, in a certain sense, immune to that smearing. Yeah. Well, they just don't care anymore. Mm. You know, they try to smear Trump, obviously, over and over again, and, but it's got to the point where the more and more they smear Trump, like we're just saying, that actually, that's actually as read at this point as evidence by his supporters that what you're accusing him of is false. And you're the one who's doing that effectively. Yeah. You know, the more you try to tell us that he's no good, the more we believe he's good. Because when you say, we distrust you, the establishment, so much that when you call someone a bad name, we turn around and think that that person must be good. Yeah. That's literally, that's literally one of the... Gangster videos said, you know, the more you indict, the more we unite. Right. I presume he meant we as in everybody. Whoever. Anyone. Anyone in this country. Yeah. So. Um, it's crazy. So. Um, yeah. The day before, he the, went, he surrendered to Georgia. Fulton. I surrender. That's the legal term. Yeah. Uh, to Fulton County Jail was the Fox News, the first debate for the Republican Party candidates. You know, glossy Fox News studio. They're all there talking the issues out, moving their hands. <laughs> and Trump just said, I'm not going. Not going. And instead, of course, he t- spoke to Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. in a short interview that's now had 260 million views. Right. Whatever exactly that means on Twitter, but it's still one of the most watched. It's obviously the most watched political anything ever. Um, On Twitter, yeah, or maybe anywhere, yeah. I think so. An interview, like, he didn't even say much that was new. It was just that it was Trump on on TV, except it wasn't TV. It was Tucker Carlson's sauna. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it, like, obviously dwarfed any TV ratings, especially for the focus, the spotlight, the official spotlights over here Mm -hmm. on the candidates. These are the candidates. Don't don't listen to that. those two. He's fired, and the other guy is going to jail. But that's in fact where the real, mm. actual spotlight of people was was yeah. focused on. That's really Twitter. Twitter supposedly has four hundred and fifty active monthly monthly active users. Four hundred and fifty. Mm. Jesus, that's low. Million? You mean four hundred fifty million? Yeah. Oh, million. Okay, <laughs> that's four hundred and fifty. <laughs> 450 million. So out of that, 450 million, 260. Um, yeah, but even if you have that, it's still a massive amount of people. Like, I mean, it's, it, it dwarfs uh, the, the kind of coverage that the mainstream media gets, you know. Tucker was trying to, you know, just get, get him on the issue. So he was asking him, you know, just seriously, what do you think about this and that? And Trump, I, either he's, he's tired or he's... He said it a million times, and he's just like, well, he didn't have the same energy about it. But he, I remember at one point he just said, uh, in response about, you know, all these indictments coming at you, and he said, well, you know, they're savages. These people are, what can you say? These people are savages. Blah, 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 said some more stuff. But that's all he had to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's all he needs to say. Yeah. Well, at this point, yeah. Psychologically, he's close to actually identifying yeah. The nature that is what we're talking yeah, about here yeah. a, a completely atavistic, non human, non normal human person yeah. kind of milieu. And yeah, 
and he can just that's all he needs to say what's the next question you know yeah yeah, yeah. well the lines have been long since really been drawn you know um, there's no more discuss, discussion to be had you know between uh, the red team and the blue team type thing you know yeah. uh, when it comes down to people who actually you know or are active, you know, politically and, and engaged. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, what is it? It's soon to be a year, but obviously it'll get going next year relatively soon. And, and you know, the court, these indictments are leading up to a court case uh, probably next May or something like that, sometime in May, early June maybe. Um, so, at the at the height of it, as others are campaigning, and there's all sorts of polls, who's who's leading and who's not, and it's around that same time that each of the two um, in June, parties yeah. parties will um, pick or decide who's going to be vote for who's going to be the Republican the Democrat candidate. You know, you got RFK Junior in the mix there. Biden obviously is running again. <laughs> the whole thing's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's a mm. shit show. Like, I mean, I can understand. It's, I don't think most people, some people have turned away, but all the people who, who just aren't paying any attention to it because it's just politics, it's just nonsense, have that attitude, they're, they're not wrong. Like, I mean, they're missing and in, in not watching it more closely and, and investigating it and trying to figure out what's what. They're missing an opportunity to, to see just how, how messed up it is and see the, the true nature of the beast type thing. Uh, but their general blink that they've had for a long time and which is that those politicians are all a bunch of liars and crooks and stuff is uh, is not wrong, you know. Mm. Um, and you can I, I can understand and forgive anybody for just looking away from it, but you know it, it's going to have real real world effects on people's lives. You know what I mean? Ultimately, if things go pear shaped, really pear shaped and stuff, you know, you might have a situation where you have you know no president next year and. Who knows, some kind of, there could be some civil disturbance. You might have martial law instituted. You know, and there's all, all, all sorts of other things brewing in the background in terms of economic crises. You know, there may be some environmental issues, all that kind of stuff. Who knows exactly what could happen, but it all seems to be coming to a head to the yeah. point where, you know, some kind of Mind crisis you, point is yeah. going to be reached. Yeah, we've been saying that for years, yeah. but it's still the case, but it's just that these things take a long can time. take time. Here's someone speaking up on the just on the economic front. Now that you mentioned it, um, the 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 big time investor who is credited with predicting the 2008 crisis, um, Burry Michael Burry, made famous. That's um, the actor playing him in the movie The Big Short. Um, hedge fund manager <coughs> Michael Burry stakes ninety percent of his portfolio with a $1.6 billion bet against Wall Street. He says it's coming, though. Crash is coming. Right. Sky is falling, sky is falling. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where, you, you know, you, you hear people saying the sky is, sky is falling, you know, obviously climate change, global warming, the economy, etc., etc. Um, people have been saying it for years, like you said, um, and it's the boy who cried wolf scenario, right? Where people just go, yeah, people have been saying that the end is coming, the end is nigh for a long time. Not least the, you know, the the biblical guys and the, the literal end, end is nigh, biblical people. Um, but people have been predicting 
that what we were just saying, that idea of something coming to a head, coming to a crisis, and there being a bit of a foobar in the relatively near future. And people have heard that a long time, so they just they don't pay attention to it anymore. Uh, they say, yeah, yeah, I heard that a lot, so whatever. Uh, ignore it, which is probably isn't a good idea. It's a good idea if you look around, if you're paying attention, you can see that, well, actually, these people are just, just fear-mongering and there's n- I don't see any real evidence that, that things are going to go just, downhill. But if things are going in that direction, you don't want to be looking away. You know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, no matter, it doesn't matter that you've heard it many times over many years that, that you know, things are going to collapse. You still want to be paying attention if and when they do actually collapse. You know what I mean? Or at least paying attention to the and then run up to it, you know. Because everybody will be paying attention when they do collapse. If it does collapse, nobody will be. It's certainly collapsing locally in some places. Um, do you want to? Do you have anything to add about the the Maui fire? Because people are speculating that it's deliberate. We 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 covered it briefly in our, but that was two weeks since two weeks ago. Um, since then, well, the. The most substantive counterclaims are there was no warning system, but that's a fact. Right. They don't deny that the sirens didn't go off um, due to power failure. Okay. The second one is that the water was withheld from firefighting services for far too long for some reason, and there was a bureaucratic reason for it rather than a physical one. Right. That's dodgy, I agree. The third one is that Really, well, lots of people have said it who were there, and there is one video to support it, that police were instructed to turn people evacuating, driving out of the town, back into it. But that's like, I don't know, I'm not sure what that's suggesting, that they, that's murder. I mean, that the police officers, not just police, but actual physical roadblocks, apparently, at both ends of the town, mm-hmm. kept people in there. Yeah. Um, Dot, dot, dot. What's that implying? Officers were willfully killing people? You know, mm. that's, that's a heck of a, a leap to make. I can believe that idiocy, incompetence, led to an absolute foobar in, in trying to evacuate. Yes. Especially as the fire was spreading so fast. The basic explanation, and it's been buttressed by a new report um, published by AP today that the fire was caused by the high winds knocking out power, downing power lines. Started a fire, it spread quickly, done. Do you even, I mean, does that sound about right? I mean, part of the AP's report was, well, you know, it's, it's kind of old, like overhead power lines as opposed to burying them underground. Mm-hmm. That's kind of 1960s tech. It was overdue to be... But, I mean, look, all around us here, I mean, mm-hmm. the power lines are overhead. Yeah, they no, storms. They don't blow over. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and certainly they don't, don't, don't start fires when they do necessarily, you know. Um, this is the thing. When you home in on any one incident, Maui in this case, it's hard to... Hard to, it's hard to to say, you can understand why people there are pissed. Far too many people died. They didn't get enough help on time. They didn't get any much help in the way of emergency support afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go to leap from there to that's because they wanted to kill us all because they wanted to take the property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I I still like simply because it's very easy to do. In any of these wildfires, it's um, I'm, I'm I always leave it open, and I think it, in fact think it's quite likely that that someone is setting them. You know what I mean? You just need a handful of people, really, <clears throat> um, with 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 some gasoline and a lighter, more or less, or whatever, some kind of incendiary device to uh, to to start fires in a certain in a certain way that makes them much much worse. Because, like, if you imagine a fire starting from a down power line, it's going to start spreading from one area where the power line went down. In uh, one direction, towards uh, in, in the direction of the prevailing winds. Yeah. So it's it, in that sense, it's kind of sweeping people out of its way, right? I mean, it, or it's engulfing people, you know, in, in a certain direction. But it's it's kind of more, obviously it's much worse when a fire would almost encircle encircle uh, a group of people. They have nowhere to run. They, they can't run in any direction, and you end up having people in Maui run into the sea. Yeah. Which suggests that this fire, if it started, if it was started by an electrical power line, then it, it kind of ended up for some reason encircling the town encircling a certain at the town or a certain area of the town you know um so yeah it's definitely suspicious to me and, and i mean again this is just a blink and this is the way i read a lot of situations that are going on in the world today because you know when you don't have access to that minutia of what was actually going on um i like we said last time i look at them talking talking up the the fires all around the world and combining it with their global warming, man-made global warming propaganda on how we're all going to die as a result of that. And we have to do something about it. We have to impose all these different new, you know, you know, a lot of different legislation that is you know, obviously not good for, for people. Uh, it changes people's lives in a not positive way. It basically curtails their freedoms. That's the, 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 the general line of force of all of these new policies around climate change and global warming is to curtail people's freedoms. By necessity, of course, similar to COVID, right? It's just one of these acts of nature, act of God, whatever you want to call it. And there's no one to blame, and we have to just not, you know, knuckle down and, and accept that, that we're going to be uh, locked in our homes, or we're going to have this. We're going to have to stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this. You know, so it's a curtailment of freedom overall. So when I see them talking up, talking up the heat this whole summer, and then I see these spate of five or six different wildfires in different places uh, around the world, and then I see the media reporting on at least a few of them. Uh, in different places, most recently in Greece, but previously in uh, in Rhodes, that in Rhodes anyway, almost all of them are set by f- set by someone. And there's wildfires right now in Greece, and the government there has said that they've, ar- they've arrested seventy nine or yeah. almost eighty people for setting these fires, and it's like that's kind of crazy. And someone actually, do I have it here somewhere? Um, um yeah. Uh, yeah, it's actually on surprise, surprise, on CNN. Um, of course, you know you'd think that would be the, you know the the, the kind of the detail that we're going to look at here in this article would be what they run with in the, in the, in the headline, but of course they don't. Uh, the headline they run with is um, a losing battle to save the lungs of Athens. Sorry, a losing battle to save the lungs of the lungs of Athens as wildfires grip. Greece, so that's from today. Um, and if you just um, scroll down to the end there, it's the second last paragraph. So blah, 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 global warming, global warming, global warming. And then 
down the end and no references in the, in the in the title. Alongside the wind, firefighters are also facing a more malign alley to the flames. Incredib- incredibly, some of the fires seem to be have been de- set deliberately. Police have made 79 arson-related arrests so far. Now, they say some of them, but 79? It's a lot of people. For uh, a small country, I mean... And it says their disbelief is beginning to turn to anger among many Greeks. Dr. Diakakis questioned the motives of those behind these acts. I cannot believe these people are all simply arsonists, he said. Why are they doing this? So Eco-terrorists. But that's it. But so when I put those things together, you know, like I said, the, the context in which it's happening in terms of the propaganda around global warming and we're all going to die and the earth is unbreathable and the heat is unbearable and it's global boiling now, apparently, according to the UN. And then um, you see them highlighting these fires as evidence for, for global boiling uh, because it's quite dramatic and it's in people's faces. Uh, and then you see significant evidence of people setting fires, uh, I don't think it's unreasonable to conclude that there may well be some people with vested interests who are actually setting these fires. Cause it's, 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 I mean, seriously, when you have a parched <coughs> landscape with grasses that are all brown and dry and you have a strong wind for a few days, it's the easiest thing so to do easy. to start a fire. So the idea that you discount that is, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why I would say, in, in terms of Maui, I, I would certainly leave open the possibility that someone set fires in Maui as well. Yeah, and the, well, the prevailing prevailing um, alternative motive for that would be land appropriation, right? And there is a real political on the ground battle about that mm-hmm. um, in Maui. Yeah, David Martin, you remember him, baldy guy with the bow tie who um, exposed the the history of patent technology that led up to COVID. Mm-hmm. He reckons that um, many wildfires, and he's commenting on it globally here, um, they're probably being deliberately fanned, pun intended, to support a trend of land appropriation. Um, That'll be like what's happening in Maui. Mm -hmm. But more generally, um, what was the historical example he gave? Oh, I've forgotten now. So it's happened in the past, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so since then, well, Canada's been raging all summer, but the, since Maui in on August 8th, 9th, 10th, there was a big Kelowna fire. Kelowna, S- yeah. Southern BC, Kelowna. Um, headlines, Guardian here. Canada's enduring its worst wildfire season. That's what the headline says. We mm-hmm. opened the article, I'm like, give me the data, give me the data. How can you... De- how do you know it's the worst one ever, you know? But if you can actually go to charts like on the Canadian government wildfires database, 1989 was the worst one in the last 100 years by number of fires and area burned. So how can they claim worst? But like you said, it's, it's, it's more like the overall feel the, mm-hmm. the media is pushing is this really feels bad. It's, mm-hmm. it's global boiling. It's a buttress, a political statement made by the head honcho of the UN, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there have been wildfires in Turkey now. Greece was last month, Turkey this month. One erupted Louisiana. I don't think it's major, but um, still it got headlines. Um, it reminded me of one I commented on Twitter in France uh, in June, I think. It was so small. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just basically like a couple of hectares, and it was quickly put out next to a highway in southern France. And it got this this spurt of 
were global headlines. People in Louisiana and California and New York got to hear about this wildfire in France. <clears throat> and then it went away. It was gone. That's all, it's off the news. Because yeah. I looked in the details, it was tiny. It was quickly put out. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. And but some of them are huge, though. Some of them really have, you know, yeah, torched a lot of places. Um, I find, yeah, it's, it's so hard when there's so much noise around the subject to... Get, you know, get a solid read on it. But here's something I came across <clears throat> at the level of narrative making about this topic. This is um, this is Project Veritas. They got a CNN producer on tape two years ago in 2021. So it's still COVID time, right? Where that's what was getting all the clicks. And he, the guy was talking about how they'd be moving onto the climate next. I think, if you scroll down. Mm -hmm. I think there's just like a COVID fatigue. So like whenever a new story comes up, they're going to latch onto it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate Um uh, climate, like global warming, and like that's going to be our next, like, um, I don't know, like, what's the bullshit. Word? Um, it's our, it's going to be our focus. Like, uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So, our next thing is going to be for climate change awareness. What does that look like? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I have a feeling it's just going to be like. Constantly showing videos of like decline and ice and weather warming up and like the effects it's having on the economy and, and really talking about that? the head of the network like just who's that is that Zucker Zucker yeah I imagine that he's got his council and they've all like discussed like where they think um, so that's like the next pandemic like story like that will yeah that will will be to death but that one's got longevity you know what I mean it's not like mm. there's a definitive ending to the pandemic or you know like it'll taper off to a point that it's you know not a problem anymore probably think it's going to take years so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit you know so so, so Climate change overload. Okay. Be prepared. It's coming. <laughs> Stories? Like right now, um, we had an inside. Cut it there. He's right got now. some more comments, but we got the gist of it there. Yeah, climate change overload. So he knew it was coming in 2021, but then that wouldn't have been hard because it's, that has been an incremental story. For sure. For a decade or more, even. So. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, it's it's about ratings, right? It's about clicks, right? I mean, this is the problem where you can't necessarily accuse... I mean, you can if you want, but you can't totally claim that the mainstream media is only pushing these uh, sensationalist stories of doom and gloom um, 
for the purpose of you know some kind of Orwellian mind control and you know population control or whatever, or to push through certain agendas that are vested interests, you know, money making agendas. They're doing it for money, but prim- at least one a major aspect of it is is for their own bank balance, uh, because scary stories sell, right? Scary stories get attention. So the media is always looking for a scary story to push in the faces of the people, and and they have, you know. But that's not responsible journalism anyway, right? It's like you're meant to, um, you're meant to be, you know, the media is meant to, meant to be nuanced and provide, uh, you know, the facts and, and, and something, close, uh, something closer to uh, the truth or a more balanced uh, perspective on something than you get from, say, politicians or people who clearly do have vested interests um, or companies, right, uh, who would have a vested interest in sort of things. The media is meant to be independent, right, and just like, look, we're, we've looked into this, and here's the balanced approach, you know. But you don't get that because, you know, for one anyway, and this is giving giving them an out in a certain sense by saying it's just they're just greedy and they want to sell scary <coughs> stories, so they're not going to give you a balanced balanced approach. They're going to give you the scariest perspective because it 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 gets readers, and that means advertising revenue. Um, and that's leaving aside any ha vested. Machiavellian interest they some, have. Some in, in, end goal that's unspoken. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I've got more on the economy, but maybe we should talk about... Um, meanwhile, in Russia, in the United States, you know, they do coups to lawfare. Right. Because they're civilized. In Russia, politics is a bit different. Yes, right. in Russia, everything different. Prigozhin is dead, Joe. Did you uh, predict that? Jesus, I did, you, yeah. You didn't even. You predicted that he would be... I was being too lenient. I put, said he was going put to... Put to pasture. He was going to jail. I, I said he was going dead. to jail. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Or is it? It's Russia. <laughs> um, no, that's the way of the world, you know. Um, so... Uh, by the way, just today, he is, it is confirmed. There was a couple of days there that technically it wasn't confirmed, even though Putin had already said something. There's a <clears throat> Russian forensic report. Um, he's definitely one of the ten dead. Mm-hmm. Yevgeny Prigozhin is dead. Um, shot out of the sky? Bomb? Well, bomb on board? Well, that the question of what caused... The crash of the plane or the downing of the plane is kind of really important because it would give you an indication of who was likely responsible. It would either narrow it down to you know, really, really only one suspect in a sense, or it would, if it was a, if it was shot down by a, a missile, if it was a bomb, then it opens it up to speculation as to who might have been responsible. Um, so that's really important information that we have to wait on, find out, right? Um, um, because if it was shut down, obviously it was shut down quite close to Moscow, right? Um, so, of course, you could allow for maybe some saboteurs or whatever with a man pad. Chances are, if it was a missile that was launched um, quite close to Moscow, then given the current climate and how tightly that kind of thing is controlled um, I would suggest that it was someone 
aligned with the Kremlin or close to the Kremlin or whatever. Um, some, within, some within the Russian establishment did it. It was a bomb that was put on a plane in... Um, well, actually, it, it came from Moscow. It, came, it was flying from Moscow to St. Petersburg, right? Mm-hmm. It was a bomb. It kind of... I mean, I suppose the, the jet was probably in Africa uh, a day or two previously. Mm-hmm. Could have been put on there by some malign actors or something like that. But then, what did it but then why? How would, would it have remained undetected? Does Prigozhin and, and those, those heads of Wagner not have a certain security protocol where certain things like that would be checked every now and again? I mean, uh, when you know your life's... I mean, like in Northern Ireland, you know, growing up, I know it was a longer, longer term... Uh, conflict in Northern Ireland went on for 30 years but even relatively quickly at the beginning of it like um, you know various people who were involved in the conflict including police officers and, and other paramilitary types and, and any any politicians who were at all in the line of fire um, potentially like every morning when they get up before they get in their car they have all of them had uh, a, a long kind of stick with a mirror on the end of it mm-hmm. to check underneath their car for a bomb uh, it just became routine. That's what you do every single Put morning. Put the kettle on. Check the car. If you've left your car anywhere for any uh, for for you know a f- more than a few hours um, or more than half an hour, well, in, uh, yeah. you have to check your car. In so, this case, the plane apparently went for repairs. Yeah, the but even then, all the more reason to check, right? Right. I mean, if I say, uh, you know, again, Northern Ireland, you send your car in for fucking repairs, you check it twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I would be surprised if that kind of security protocol wasn't being followed and stuff, you know. So it, it's just it's very complicated in terms of trying to figure out right now. Well, the, what, the, the way you're teeing it up there, it's a very professional. It comes from very high up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you can just look at it on... You look at it from a... You look at the, what's actually gone on over the past five or six months relating to Wagner and, and the Kremlin. Obviously, Wagner were very naughty and especially Prigozhin and, and the others at the, at the head of Wagner who supported him in his abortive mutiny back in June, May, June, May, June. June, yeah. June, June 26. His, his abortive mutiny. He was killed two months to the day. Right, right. And then previous to that, you know, his ranting on, on study posts on social media and videos, ranting a, f- a few months before that in March and April, where he's, you know, throwing lots of nasty shade at Shoigu and others in the, in the Defence Department, the M- MOD in, in Russia, publicly. Like you mentioned, calling, calling uh, Shoigu the Defence Minister pedophile and mm. an old goat and an old grump, all the, all, yeah. lots of nasty words and stuff, um, screaming and shouting at him and accusing them of killing all these Wagner soldiers that are right behind me and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's just not the way you... If you're if you're like a serious person who's who's seriously committed to the the endeavours of the of the, the Russian cause. armed forces that that you're a part of at least nominally but not officially because you're a private military company and and separate. If you're committed to that, you don't do that. Do you know what I mean? You take your grievances separately. You know what I mean? Uh, and if you can't if you can't have your grievances heard, if you can't get access to Putin or show you, which I doubt, I think he probably could and ha- did have that access in a certain sense. At least he could make his frustrations or annoyances known to the Kremlin and they would hear it yeah. and then they would respond. They could but, have had a go slow right. working uh, in Bakhmut. Instead, they went further and further into the city. I mean, right. Yeah. But that was their choice. And I mean, obviously, that was decided between them and or, or maybe not. Who knows that maybe that was part of it. But obviously, the Russian government wasn't unhappy about the fact that they committed... 
uh, a lot of forces uh, to back to, 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 to taking Bachmann and stuff. But uh, the way he handled it is just not the way. He, you're not a serious person. I mean, you can't. You're obviously a loose cannon. You're making it clear that you're a, a, a loose cannon, and loose cannons are not can't, can't be tolerated. You know what I mean? Uh, in any uh, properly well structured uh, go- government and military, uh, you know, hierarchy. Basically, there has to be someone in charge, and you have to whether you like what they what they say or not. You can you can complain and say you want this and be angry and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, you accept the orders that come down. And that's what happens. If you're a part of officially a part of the Ministry of Defence, you swear an allegiance to the to Russia, uh, um, and you're loyal, no matter what happens, and you do your job. Um, but that was a big beef with Wagner, right? That's why Prigozhin was complaining effectively over and over again. Was that behind it he was complaining about weapons and all that kind of stuff, which seemed to be a ruse because it seemed they had ultimately they got what they were complaining about. Mm. If there was an issue, they got the the, 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 the arms or the, the the ammunition that they needed. But it seems behind it. But it seems that behind it, the problem was, and it might have been going on for quite a while, was that <clears throat> Putin and Shoigu and the Russian government wanted Wagner to become a more integral and official part of the Russian armed forces, not a separate private military company that could and did do, in a certain sense, at times anyway, what it wanted, regardless of what the Russian government said, and was acting as a current kind of free agent, you know. But again, in the name, re- recognised internationally as these people are acting in the name, acting on the part, on, on mm-hmm. behalf of Russia. They're representatives of the Russian government, they're representatives of the Russian military, but they don't follow orders. It's obviously not a tenable situation that you're gonna, anybody's going to live with, right? And that was the problem, and they didn't want to be incorporated into the Russian military, because as a private military company, and we know this from back in the day with Blackwater and Iraq, they were guys, making a killing. Guys make a shitload of money, you know yeah. what I mean? They're acting independently in Africa. They're getting paid directly for in their gold. services in gold uh, and, and other other different um, Diamonds. currencies. Um, and that's just not good, you know? Um, so it seems that was the problem, that they didn't want to become part of the Russian military, and the Russian government, Putin specifically, was very clear that they had to incorporate themselves into the, the, the MOD, and they didn't want to. Um, and, and the, the mutiny, the abortive mutiny was them kind of like uh, doubling down, throwing the gauntlet down in front of the Kremlin and saying... We're and w- the world's know, media. Yeah, we're well. willing to do this. Like, we're willing to basically thumb our nose at you and say, fuck you, you know, what are you going to do? We have the means and the, 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 the motivation to, uh, to really say no to you and, and, and mean it. And what are you going to do? You know, we kind of have you over a barrel in a certain sense. You can't do anything to us. We're untouchable. You know, so he has this kind of abortive mutiny. And all he does is get sent, they get officially sent in a, into exile. If they don't want to join the MOD, Putin said at the time, the ones who, who made this mistake of joining this kind of so-called mutiny, they made a mistake and they can join the, they can go home to their families. They can join, officially join the Ministry of Defense, the armed forces, or they can go to Belarus didn't say in exile, but that was effectively it. But obviously that didn't last, right? Because then, not long afterwards, Shoigu's flying out of there. Um, not Shoigu, but uh, Prigozhin and others are flying we, out. In less than a month, he right. was in St. Petersburg co-hosting, like, you know, shaking hands with African leaders right. who were yeah. there for the Russia-Africa summit. Right. So and he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to increase his profile and make himself out to be kind of like a representative of the Russian government. He's going to deal on behalf of the Russian government. 
you know, so, you know, but 50% for, for Wagner, right? 50, 50. We'll split it with you. We'll split it with the government. You know, 50 for us and 50 for you, right? We're private. We're, we're a business-oriented company here. You know, this is what we're doing. And so obviously, who's going to accept that? Who's going to – what serious government and military command is going to accept that? First, they're not. But what do you do about it? If they have enough leverage and enough influence, what do you do about it? And it popularity, seems, because Prigozhin had a media, right, mini media empire. Exactly. So it seems to me that they themselves, Prigozhin and the Wagner chiefs themselves, put themselves in a position where there was no other option for the Russian government but to take the action of eliminating them in the way that they did. They could have. They could have made it. They could. Have, it could have been different, but they chose not to go that route. They thought they could play a game of chicken, basically, with the Kremlin. And it didn't work out. Yeah. Which that, was always going to be the case, which shows a, a level of stupidity or arrogance or self or delusion or wishful thinking on their part that they thought that... Maybe they thought Putin was a simp, you know, uh, that he would be a, a pussy. And <laughs> yeah. That's assuming he, he, he ordered this. I mean, I, I, I didn't want to believe that at first because I thought, well, that's just the caricature of Putin organizing hits against his opposition when you look into the detail of the most high profile cases it's bullshit mm. like getting the opposition leader killed mm. opposition leader tiny part-time politician Boris Nemtsov mm. outside the Kremlin walls mm-hmm. led back to a Chechen gang mm. implication was Putin ordered it like he would have him shot dead in the head outside the walls of the Kremlin yeah, like yeah. come on think yeah. um, then the more infamous ones Litvinenko the poisoning, you you dug into that and showed that mm. basically MI5. bullshit. The Scripples next to Salisbury. Yeah, again, MI5. British Chemical Weapons Proving Ground. See, so there, there's a kind of a, a caricature teed up in everyone's mind for it. Mm-hmm. So the one I heard the news, I'm like, it can't be. Maybe this is actually the first time he's, he has done it and had to. Like you yeah. said, there was no choice. That whole thing in the background where he was trying to get Wagner to yeah, give him rain, of, rain him in. You yeah, know? Give him plenty of opportunity. Yeah. Um, the, his, he made a statement after Thursday, I think, the day of. He, he both praised and criticized Prigozhin and said he had a complex fate, indeed. Mm. Um, and the thing that you sent me yesterday is also a kind of a statement. Yeah. This is the whole story in the background. Um, I have it here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so this is, what, a few days later. I mean, he, whatever he said about in his, you know, eulogizing of, of Wagner and stuff, again, that kind of, that's the, the political or um, sensitive thing to do in a yeah. certain sense, the day of, the day after. But then within a couple of days, he gets to the point and it makes this statement and it actually passed a law that Wagner mercenaries must swear allegiance to Russia. Um, it, the decree applies to anyone participating in military activities in Ukraine or assisting the army in serving in territorial defense units. So was, he signed a decree on Friday, this past Friday, and it's just two days after Wagner leaders were presumed killed in a, were killed in a plane crash. Um, and so the, the logical thing is this decree couldn't have happened until Prigozhin was dead. He's dead, and then the decree is right, passed. Right, because this was the issue. Yeah, that all along, like I mentioned, this was the issue yeah. of all along. It's like signing, <laughs> swear allegiance to Russia means basically 
coming and officially, you know, taking the oath in a certain sense and officially becoming a member of the, the Russian Armed Forces. We are listed as an actual member of the Russian Armed Forces and you're under the constraints of, well, you're in that chain of command, right? You're not outside it. Um, so that's what this means, basically. Um, and this is what the, this was the bone of contention all along. So now the precaution's out of the way, then he just makes... So, he, yeah, he couldn't have said this because he would just have been... You know, it was an ongoing debate and he wasn't just going to state it. He had to- said it many times to, to Prigozhin and co that you need to do this, but that was unofficially, right? Now that he's gone, it becomes official. Because Wagner officially now t- doesn't have a leadership. Uh, so, well, you have a, they have a leadership. It's the Ministry of Defence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just get with the programme and get involved there. And of course, it's not going to have any effect on their... In fact, it may actually make them more efficient in a place like Africa and elsewhere, you know, because I'm pretty sure that Prigozhin and co. weren't... Um, oh, I can imagine they're taking money from both sides right. in different conflicts. Right. Um, totally unreliable. Um, meanwhile, the counteroffensive, Lord of mercy, um, it, it's surely going to either peter out or reach it to new month here. Um, here's a map of... It began the uh, beginning of June, so, well, all summer now, almost three, three months, right? Um, 40,000 dead Ukrainians just in this offensive. That's the official number. It's probably higher. There's the territory there. There's the battlefront. South is controlled by Russia. Ukrainians are pushing to the north. You see the yellow spots? That's what Ukraine has taken. Mm. Back. Which is nothing. nothing. And they've lost massive amounts of... It's nothing. It's, um, they were supposed to smash all the way through the sea. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Well, you know I often complain about about how you hardly hear any politicians, American politicians or Western politicians talking, explaining clearly what the point of American backing and involvement in Ukraine is, what the point of Western involvement in Ukraine, why it's so important, why are you, so, why are you willing to risk, in theory, n- nuclear Armageddon for everyone just for Ukraine? Who cares? Why do you care? Why is it so important? Of course, they just talk, they usually give the base bullshit platitudes that Putin's an aggressor and we need to stand on... You know, it's, it's, a, all moral, it's a moral argument, moral which is nonsense. Yeah. Complete yeah. and utter nonsense. That's not how yeah. the world works. That's not, how, that's not how power politics works on moral moral stances, you know what I mean? Um, Mitt Romney, though, recently, basically, came close, most, you know, more or less, explained it. There's a bit of bullshit towards the end, but you can have a listen. Uh, so he explains, and if people would only understand this, they might have a different perspective on Ukraine. They wouldn't be putting the Ukrainian flag on their bio and saying Putin must be stopped because killing is bad. Because that's clearly not the reason the, the US government is involved, at least according to Mitt Romney. And of course, this is really close to the truth. Have a listen. The single most important thing we can do to strengthen ourselves relative to China is to, is to see Russia defeated in Ukraine. Because they're allies... And, uh, and Russia being weakened weakens their ally, China. I mean, so, uh, and, and by the way, uh, being able to, to take an amount which equals, what, about 5% of our military budget, about, actually less than 5% of our military budget each year to help the Ukrainians is about, about the best national defense spending I think we've ever done. 
We're losing no lives in Ukraine. And the Ukrainians are fighting heroically against Russia that has 1,500 nuclear weapons aimed at us. It's like, so we are, we're uh, diminishing and devastating the Russian military uh, for a, a very small amount of money relative to the, what we spend in the rest of defense. A weakened Russia is a good thing. It tells, it tells China to rethink uh, their uh, territorial ambition. Uh, it tells Russia, perhaps most importantly, that the, the Putin vision of, uh, of reestablishing the, the Russian empire and, and grabbing the old former Soviet republics, that that's not something that's going to work. It is very much in, in America's national interest, in our national interest, to help Ukraine. And the best thing we can do for America is to see people who have nuclear weapons aimed at us getting weaker. Right. So he tries to, you know, give it, make it real for the average American there that the reason we're in Ukraine, you know, at the end he spins it, the reason we're in Ukraine is that Russia doesn't attack us with nuclear weapons, right? Which is mm. obviously nonsense. Mm. But the rest of his monologue there was getting to the core of, of, of the matter, which was that uh, this is about global power politics and America remaining kind of global hegemon and stopping. And what he said there, when he said that, you know, the idea that you know, Putin trying to reestablish the Soviet Union and blah, 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 that's, that, that's, a, that's a, a lot of bullshit right there, obviously. What he should have said is that Russia trying to establish a multipolar world is not, he should have said, that's not going to fly. Because if Russia makes any, makes, has increasing success with establishing a multipolar world along with China, then we Americans are going to take a serious economic hit and our standing on the globe is going to be seriously downgraded. Which and means that will affect the, you, the average the, person in your America. Dollar will your dollar will buy less. a lot less. So he should he got close. He, if he had gone not, all the yeah, way, yeah. He should have said that. that. He should have said that because then people would be able to make a choice clearly. They would realize that we're supporting Ukraine. And he said it's costing us very little money and we're not, we're not losing any soldiers. Of course, Ukraine's probably lost three to 400,000 of its prime male citizens not to mention a lot of the country being destroyed, but America is okay with that because that's happening over there and we don't care about Ukraine, right? We don't care. And, you know, and, and Ukraine wouldn't be able to do this if we weren't supporting them. It would be long, long over, right? So much for the moral stance. Right, forget about the moral stance. This is purely about America and the American dollar and, and how it relates to the average American is that you need to support this bloodbath in Ukraine where effectively Russia is, you know, slaughtering Ukrainian soldiers for the most part on a, at a level of seven, eight to one, basically. And that's fine because it secures the dominance of the American dollar and therefore your purchasing power for the, the purchasing power for the average American in, in the world. So American citizens, are you okay with that? Are you going to sign up for that? Are you going to put a Ukraine flag on your, on your, on your bio or on your social media account on that basis? Not on the basis of some bullshit childish narrative that this is about you know, freedom and democracy and, and, and helping the poor Ukrainians who are under the threat of a, of a big evil Russian bear who's trying to eat them. Because, like, you know, anybody would stand, stand in and try and help a, the, the, a Ukrainian child who's being savaged by a Russian bear, right? You'd do that normally anywhere in the world, right? You'd just protect the weak and, you know, it's moral, right? So, but that's not the reason that this is happening. And Mitt Romney just said it, and it's obviously the, is, is, is the fact of the matter. The reason is to maintain... America's standard of living in a world, in a changing world, and to try and push back that change towards a more multipolar world where other people who are in a much less affluent 
position or in 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 less developed uh, or um, who aren't as living as high on the hog, let's say, as they are in America, that those people, people in like people in China and people in in, in Russia and in other countries, they would be raised up economically, but in raising them up, Americans would have to take a. So that's a moral position, right? It's like imagine you have, you have lots of, you know, move away from the the bear attacking the child and how you would step in to stop that happening, and would you also take action if you saw, if you were in a situation where, for example, you live in a a, a very big house and you have like four cars, and more food that you know what to do with and a swimming pool and all the, all, all the mod cons of modern civilization, but the person living, your, your next door neighbor was living in poverty. Would you sacrifice some of your wealth in order to bring up the living standards of, of, of your neighbor just as another human being? On that moral issue, you should remove the Ukrainian flag and you should campaign against your government in, uh, for supporting the war and continuing perpetuating the war in Ukraine if you want to make it a moral issue that's effectively what it's about because what Putin and Russia want to do and what this Ukraine war is part of is changing the world for a, an American dominated world where Americans live high on the hog and other people in the world get second best and changing that up so it's more balanced yeah it's a macrocosm of the fight that's taking place inside America as right. well Right, the, and the support for Trump isn't, isn't really a right-wing thing. It's, no, it's actually—it's already happening in America, yeah, and it's tied to it in that yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Where you have people in people whose wealth uh, is like through the roof, skyrocketing, while ordinary Americans, a lot of ordinary suffer. Americans, particularly people in the Rust Belt and stuff, you know, and that's what Trump is about. So these people are fighting for themselves, for their own self-interest, for their own wealth and power. At so the they expense keep telling of them it's for America, it's for you. It's right. not. It's for a few. It's for them, and in fact, in doing what they're doing. Not only are they aiming to continuing, continuing, continuing to keep all the people in the world in a relatively impoverished state, but they're also ensuring that pe- a lot of people in America, 40, 50, 60 million Americans, continue in a relatively, in, 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 uh, in, compared to the standard of living in America, in a relatively uh, depressed economic situation. So, yeah. It's not working. There was no. a BRICS summit this week, and there's now six new members of BRICS. What the, what the, we can't call it BRICS anymore. There's Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Iran and Saudi Arabia together, mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the UAE. I mean, yeah, it's not working. But even that's – okay, so that's, that's an interesting development. Didn't get much traction in the West. It is objectively interesting it's a statement of intent, I suppose. Those countries together are almost half of the world's population. Mm-hmm. Even as things stand, despite having much poorer populations than Western countries, they make up almost 40% of global GDP right? by dollar standards, right? <clears throat> but the that's it's almost like a, like I said, a declaration of intent. That's to do with the future. Objectively, what's been happening for over a decade is that the key purchaser of stuff, the the major two trade locations, the United States maybe as consumer and China as producer, Mm -hmm. is that the use of the dollar in that trade exchange has plummeted. Right. 
I saw the graph. I don't have it with me, I'm afraid. But this is easy to check out. There's nothing hidden about it. There's, it's, it's, anyone can find it. it um, the turning point was 20, 2018. For the first time, um, I think for the first time, the the use of the dollar by China dropped below half. Mm-hmm for all of its trade with the United States, which meant that the United States was having to purchase in Chinese currency for goods. Anyway, that's now, that's now gone way, that's continued year on year on year, all through COVID, you know. The objectively, dollar hegemony is no longer the case, mm-hmm. um, I think. You'll see other stats that still say, well, three quarters of all the world's major Resources like oil and gas yeah. are still conducted. It's like turning the ship around, you know. But for the actual trade of the high-end goods, the actual products that are made at the other end of the chain from the natural resources, mm-hmm. starting there, it's already flipped. And that will probably work its way back through the supply chains. And once it's eating into the U.S. dollar, uh, the petrol dollar, and the U.S. dollar as the currency used to trade it, energy more generally that it, right. it is curtains that's an objective process that's been happening that precedes it, it really arguably precedes even xi jinping coming in, along in 2012 right um that's why when the russians make these statements about objective historical processes and they're so calm you know <laughs> the, the media makes it look like it's all on foobar for russia gonna lose in ukraine it's so bad and they're just cool as a cucumber up there because they're like we're watching history and then the two guys, when they met in um, Moscow in March, with that famous statement that was kind of caught um, on a hot mic between Xi and Putin, Putin he said, yeah. we're witnessing historical processes. Changes, yeah. Um, it, that th- that wasn't a, a cons- conspiring. It wasn't scheming no. on the part of those two. It means that they got to be partake in observing something outside of what they were doing to make it happen. Yeah. But then you listen to Romney, this, and... It, they're so up their own arse, the, the heads are so up their own arses that they're completely misreading this. They think this is all a subjective process that is being done to us. So if we, in their logic, if we stop Putin in Ukraine, that'll lead to stopping China. He, he implied China with respect to Taiwan, but he's thinking in terms of really? geoeconomics. That'll keep a lid on China's rise economically, but but no, it, there there is no logical sequence there. That logic mm-hmm. is totally flawed. But they are so goddamn committed to it. I, I you don't I don't know what to say. That's why people are left to go. Maybe there's something else they know that we don't know. Like what is the game plan? They're so sure that Ukraine is going to solve. The problem they see coming, the rise of BRICS and all these other countries. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be delusional, but they're also making a lot of money, you know. Um, right. The short termism of it is, is what fuels it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just making shitloads of money and they come up with a, a logic like he just articulated. That's not for, they, they're all saying the same basic thing, you know, and it yeah. kind of gets to the truth, but there's still a lot of ellipses. To really flesh it out for people, um, mm-hmm. uh, we're making money while it's good. 
We're not losing. There's no, and and they think they think that people should really get behind this. There's no American body bags, you know. Come on, it's only five percent of our military budget. It's not. It, there are a lot of other hidden costs, inflation, mm-hmm. and they have expressly tied that. You know, you notice how how that's dropped off a cliff. A year ago, inflation was being blamed on Putin and him starting this war, mm-hmm. and people did not buy that bullshit one second in mm-hmm. the United States so they quickly shut up about making that connection but it is connected mm-hmm. it is definitely connected to global markets the increase in the prices generally mm-hmm. um, a war anywhere is a disrupting factor this is not just another war and a global war on terror which were mostly you know uh-huh. turkey shoots uh-huh. this is an actual honest to god near two peer nations like yeah, yeah. full out war where half a million a million people are going to die kind of thing mm. Um, with vast amounts of money and material thrown into it. Yeah. Cutting a chunk out of, oh, Germany's gone into recession. Yeah. Their GDP. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, conditions on the planet, you know, aren't favorable either to the economic situation. Obviously, there is climate change. It's not not really, doesn't really have anything to do with uh, human human CO2 emissions. It's kind of a natural process, but and that happens cyclically. And but it means that you know there are hard hard times for the human population on the planet. Um, um, in terms of obviously dis- a disruption or in 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 climate and st- formerly stable climate patterns means you you have a lot of problems for growing can have a lot of problems for growing crops and the supply of crops supply of food and commodities go up and all sorts of prices go up because of a shortage basically. Um, you know, can be derailed pretty quickly, but the problem is the politicians in the process of that happening are making it worse. They're doing everything possible to make it worse. All of their actions, while they claim the, con- the contrary, um, are, are, are appear designed to make it worse. Uh, yeah, to exacerbate it. So it's like they just want to run the run the train off the rails, basically, and and, and, and take while the going is good, right? Because a lot of money because they in too that sense that it will go off the rails. Yeah, um, but the trick, the, the selling trick to people is that you give us some money and we'll keep everything on the rails. But they know they go home and they're like, "This is going off the rails. I'm going to get everything I can <laughs> while I can." Um, yeah, did you? What did you make of the the statement by the Russian deputy ambassador at the UN? The we just heard Mitt Romney say, this war is great for us. No Americans are dying. But this guy's saying, oh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Obviously, there have been volunteers, you know, mercenaries, and um, some people who are uh, Americans and other Western troops who it's kind of dubious how they all quit the military, like within the last year and suddenly popped up as a volunteer in Ukraine, but there probably aren't that many of them. But this here relates to, like, um, generals, senior senior people in Western militaries dying in Ukraine. Um, <clears throat> Polyansky says, uh, he gives three examples the French have found a new scenario for legalizing the deaths of their top military in Ukraine. So there's the claim that they're actually, they are dying in Ukraine. Reporting the death of, for example, General Georges Lannes, former chief of staff of the French Armed Forces during an unexpected hike in the mountains. That's true. 
uh, that was reported last week. The 75-year-old general um, was on a hike in the Pyrenees alone and fell um, somewhere from a height, high up. Um, then he gives a couple of other examples as well. Um, an American one down towards the end. Uh, on August 1st, General Potts of the U.S. Armed Forces died in Maryland. He was flying alone on a private plane which crashed. And a few months ago, a, quote, helicopter crashed in the mountains of Mexico with a group of officers who were most likely planning to visit the Venezia House of Officers the day before. Venezia is in western Ukraine. He, I, I checked into that story as well. and I, I can't... I can't find like anything that would be a. I did find something, but it, it seems far fetched to me. Like, so there was a Russian airstrike on this place in Western Ukraine, Vinitsa, um, which the Russians at the time reported had taken out a whole bunch of Ukrainian officers. They didn't mention NATO or foreign, um, but you can see what he's doing there. He's dot dot dot. He's trying to throw out a seed there that we know who else was in that airstrike in Western Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he's tying it to the death of just General Potts. And he really did. Well, the news reports did say that he was flying alone in Maryland. Something went wrong with the plane and he crashed. It's still under investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you see what happened there. Twitter community notes people, they, they fact check it to say, no, 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 here's a, here's a story of each of these cases and they just died as reported. I, I don't know, a 75-year-old general leading anything in Ukraine? Mm-hmm. That sounds too old. Mm-hmm. The other, the, 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 in, in parallel, what's odd about the French guy, George Lund, is that his official current role, he's retired military, 75, was that he was leading the restoration of the Notre Dame Cathedral. Mm-hmm operation in Paris, which is frantically underway to try and get it reopened mm-hmm. next year in time for the Paris Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's... Suspicious. It's, it's suspicious, but maybe not for the reason he's, he's suggesting. But then why would he say it? He's deputy ambassador for Russia. He's speaking as official... I mean, the comments all underneath are like, dude, put the vodka away. You know, I've been drinking too much. But the, the, his... I don't think I can just dismiss it as that it's a long post and he's got specific details in it like he's connected a few dots for people and put it out there now that's usually if it's conspiracy mongering i mean that's the stuff of psyops people that's why shitheads who work for the cia and the pentagon as sock puppets do all the time online but they do an incognito they don't have the deputy u.s ambassador to the u.n connect the dots and put it put the conspiracy theory out there you know mm-hmm. what i mean that's why i'm finding i mean i'm inco- i don't know what to do here i've got a dissonance I, I would toss it out but he's not a nobody you know right yeah um by your silence i'm thinking you're saying yeah i can't touch that yeah we'll see we'll see um Speaking of BRICS and the new scramble for Africa and geoeconomics, Niger has expelled the French ambassador this week. Well, it gave him 48 hours to leave. And Macron's government said, no. We are not leaving. 
so we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. The... I think something will kick off in Africa, West Africa, with ECOWAS. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Or maybe not. I don't think the balls do it. I think the tide's turning there. Do you think maybe they're overstretched? Because if they have given, if it is all systems go for Ukraine, they just can't. That that would be new. That would be a development. If, if nothing happens, Ameri- it would be new. America has no more weapons to supply to them. Give them all to Ukraine. It's part of the problem. They may actually have physically reached the limits. I don't think there's a political will either. Like, you know what I mean? When I see several Afri- African countries, not just they're aligning with Russia. It's not, it's not about aligning with Russia. It's about aligning with independence and independence from the colonial past and their colonial masters, you know, in, in, in France and in the US and stuff, you know. And um, obviously, majority of that, that message of, of breaking the, the chains of colonialism would resonate with a lot of the African people as well and stuff, you know. So it's not, it's not that easy for governments just to kind of like turn around, you know, the quizzling ones, the uh, quizzling governments uh, aligned with the West to just turn around and say we're going to invade Niger or we're going to invade, you know, these other countries that are, that are bucking the trend, like, you know, when, when all of your population... ...or that inter inter-African nation-state war like you're gonna how's that gonna go and how long is that gonna last you know what I mean so it's part of the winds it's a part of this move towards like you know break creating a new world like we were just talking about a new multipolar world and um, I think increasingly people are seeing the, the, the that change happening and people who have a vested interest I mean African countries most African countries in terms of their their populations and their social infrastructure have, have a lot to gain from that you know, so it's going to be really a real psycho hard man in, in an African country is going to double down and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go for modernization with the help of Russia and China. Uh, we're going to stick with our colonial masters and y'all are going to stay in, say, stay in yeah, the mud. Stay and we're, in the we're going to stick with our colonial Frank. Yeah, yeah. Really? Controlled by the Bank of France uh, so and Paris. I don't, I don't think there's much much chance of, of anything significant happening in that respect and it's just another another step or another stage in the in the change of the, the kind of world order, you know. It's another nail in America's coffin effectively, you know, and, and the West's coffin, particularly France. Like France, France yeah, and the nuclear energy. It, 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 yeah. That's why Niger is so important. Well, they're gonna, yeah, but of course the end result will be that energy prices in France will go up, you know, and yeah. be passed on. The, the French government will do a deal basically where they keep getting yeah, uranium from, from Niger and other, and, and other countries in Africa but they'll have to pay a fair price for it you know rather than get it for free more or less yeah so uh, you know that guy Yuval Harari what do you know about him um, he's this dude who just pops up for yeah. some reason has popped up over the past few years around COVID well, and all his pieces. book made him famous his book about uh, Homo sapiens right I mean talk about like a brief history of humankind yeah like a brief history the book is like it claims to be the be all and end all of yeah the species like you reinvented where we're from where we're going yeah, yeah. Uh, whole, anyone who aims that high is yeah look well I never liked him because I mean he was hanging out with World Economic Forum people and he's talking about you know he's basically on board with the idea in general of you know you'll own nothing and you'll be happy yeah uh, and you know, there's no such thing as free will, and people don't need their brains. Basically, why do people need to think anyway? You know, let's just feed them food and, uh, through a tube, and they'll be and happy. Computer games. So he, yeah, so he he wrote this. Um, 
just a couple of days ago, from a biological perspective, nothing is unnatural. Whatever is possible is by definition also natural. A truly unnatural behavior, one that goes against the laws of nature, simply cannot exist. So it would need no prohibition. So he's a kind of a Alistair Crowley type, I suppose. Alistair Crowley would find common cause with him. Do what thou will shall be the whole of the law type thing. You know, just let it all hang out. Whatever you want to do, let it go. No rules, no nothing. Of course, from a biological perspective. But, you know, is he just saying from a biological perspective? But, of course, we're not just biological. But he tends to suggest that we are just biological. His whole thrust seems to be that uh, people are just meat sacks, basically. And, you know, so um, and he's, he's a gay vegan. Gays really do vegan. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think he's a psychopath. So uh, that's all I have to say about him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I. It, it's 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 useful to have. This guy's being faded. You know what I mean? I know. Give an air time. Yeah, yeah. His, his this perspective well, is being pushed on people. It's being pushed, but it also actually resonates with a lot of people. Um, his his book Homeo Sapiens before he became famous or infamous for his statements around COVID, um, and what and how we can use the pandemic to to change the world change people's minds, control their brains and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, he, he was already like number one bestseller, you know, with that book. Mm-hmm. I, heard, I heard about it through a family member said, you've got to check out this book. It's amazing. Right. Well, that's a red flag. Like, like he picked it up in an airport, you know, it was promoted, it's pushed out there. But it, then it, it sinks with people. It's scary. He, but he's useful because he articulates the atheist's worldview. He, really, he fleshes it out. Like, logically, if there's no God, if there's no morality, where are you going with this? Mm-hmm. And he's useful because he articulates. Yeah. Well, um, and it gives people a clearer choice in that matter, you know? Um, choice, or there's no choice for them. There's no free will, I suppose. If they well, really believe that. Well, like, queer, vegan, Jewish atheists can make the argument all that, like, that they want, that, that, that human beings are meat sacks and... You know they don't have free will, and they should just be fed by a tube, and be have a virtual reality headset playing video games all the time, and you know be turned into batteries like in the Matrix, basically. He can make that argument all he wants, but he's first, and only applies to him, and anybody else who wants to. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you speak for yourself, Yuval. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you certainly don't speak for me. Uh, so you know, yeah, just go fuck yourself. So. Um, <laughs> Is COVID coming back, Joe? No. Uh, go on. No, there's no chance. Alex Jones predicts his two insiders told him it's coming back. The queer frogs. By December. The masks, the lockdowns, the new vaccine. No. I don't think so. It's going to have to be, there's going to have to be some, it's not going to be, it can't be just based on, on the new bullshit variant or something like that. I mean, they'll have to actually have, you know, Another, another actual virus to bring up. Like they're not, they're not bringing back COVID. Like, like okay. SARS-CoV two is is nothing. It's a nothing burger. It always was effectively more or less a nothing burger. Initially, it just took a bit of time to kind of like for people to get used to it, and a few people who are in, in, in you know, in ill health, um, in the same way that a new strain of the flu would have done the same. That, that those people died, but um, there was a bit of a spike in deaths, but not a lot. Um, 
But it's basically, it was always a nothing burger and it's even more of a nothing burger now, obviously, after the mutations, which are always deleterious, right? They always reduce the function of the virus to the point that it just becomes endemic and it's just another seasonal virus if it even shows its head again, you know? So, yeah, and you'll have new variants. You can pick up, I mean, you you can do that forever, like, oh, there's a new variant of COVID this year. Well, you just, like, COVID's going to make it. You remember COVID? Remember it was deadly? Well, this really, you know, reduced innocuous variant three years or four years or six years later it's what it's a seasonal it's like a seasonal cold or flu virus but it's covid so we're going to lock down no what if they don't even need a reason to lock down anymore look look, this is a headline from this week um school districts in kentucky texas cancel classes amid quote surge of illnesses including covid Oh, so a surge of illnesses, including... So COVID's one of many illnesses, and they're locking... So so now you lock down because COVID was the, the new normal. Now you the just lock normal? down because, because anything. anything might happen. Because I got an owie. What if that would work? What if on some people, they don't even need a scary virus And then they anymore. deserve to lock down. I mean, yeah. The only people who would lock down in that situation are people who want to. And, and they're happier that way. So stay in your house. You know what? Fucking, it'll be a lot happier for the rest of us walking around the streets if you're fucking stuck in your house because you're obviously an arsehole and you just annoy people when you're out in town anyway. So stay at home. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's like when Get they, them off the streets. When they rail about climate change, the problem is there's too many people. That's yeah. really what they're getting at. Yeah. So I'm like, you don't believe in an afterlife anyway. This is all there is. You're just a meat sack. You're the problem for the planet. So jump off a cliff. Help us. Or at least stop driving your car and stay at you home. You first. <laughs> stop driving your car, stop eating meat and stay at home. Yeah. Um, and, eat, and watch you Val Harari endlessly on TED Talks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do that. I mean, why do they have to apply it to everybody else? It's just like... Uh, the fact they don't realise that they're going to get pushback from trying to impose their, their perspectives, their radically different perspectives yeah. on other people is bizarre. Like, the, the, well, well the, part of free will that you don't understand, oh, sorry, Yuval Harari said we don't have any free will. Therefore, we should all just go with the, the current thing, right? What a retard. How is that guy, like... Fated. How is he given a platform? Who's giving him a platform? Who wants his message to be pr- promoted to the population? Who are these people, Neil? The Illuminati, is that what you're going to say? Alien-human hybrids. Right, that'll do. Well, fuck them too. (laughs) They're preparing us so that they can move in and just take over. Right, yeah. Good luck. Do do, do your worst. Oh. Do your worst, we have already won. I love how, you know, 20 years later, you kind of get, and I told you so moment, This this is one for you. This is Joe's I told you so. It's too easy to get I told you so these days. You don't get any of the credit, not officially. Well, you get it from me. And um, f- what the commenters here should... A round of applause, please, for Joe. Uh, um, Associated Press. Judge orders release of three of Newburgh Four and accuses FBI of, quote, trolling for terrorists. Yeah. Joe wrote about this case when it broke in 2011, but he was even writing about... Earlier fake a bunch FBI of other ones. terror plots. I did a SOT report, a SOT report at the time on it. Yeah. An actual video presentation about all those cases. So, you, um, And you wrote about it. Um, let me just read some of it. Um, three men post, convicted in a post-9-11 terrorism sting were ordered freed from prison by a judge 
who deemed their sentences unduly harsh and unjust. And decried the role of the FBI in radicalizing them in a plot to blow up New York synagogues and shoot down National Guard planes. Look at the words she used. Onto Williams. Oh, that's not her. Um, these are the guys. Two brothers. Williams. Laguerre. Payne. Payne. Three of the men known as the Newburgh Four were, quote, hapless. You used that term when you wrote about it. Hapless dupes. Were hapless, easily manipulated, and penurious, dirt poor, petty criminals. In a scheme, um, they were roped into a scheme driven by an overzealous, by overzealous FBI agents and a dodgy informant, the district judge Colleen McMahon said Thursday. The real lead conspirator was the United States. What happened to them was heinous. It was a government's uh, made-for-TV movie. The sentence was the product of a fictitious plot to do things that these men had never remotely contemplated, and that were never going to happen. Yeah. Um, the informant in this case um, was an Arab American. Uh, is he named there? Probably is named further down there. But whatever, have him in the next article I've just sent you, Scotty. This looper, he went on to start a limo business. That's it. Well, that's his son, Nauman Hussain. That's him crying there in court in an, in a recent case. The son of the informant is convicted of manslaughter in this Kohari limo case. This is the, the single worst Fatality for a road accident, traffic accident in the United States ever. Mm -hmm. Something like 25 people were killed um, because this guy's party limo was speeding and careened down a mountain. His daddy set him up with that business, with mm -hmm. the cash he was getting from the FBI to entrap dirt poor, hapless dupes, mentally not all there in the head. Mm -hmm. And he went on, there were... This Hussein informant, I mean, he's involved in a number of the other cases as well. Mm -hmm. I think the, the, the Miami 7 as well. Mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely insane. But there you go. They, they eventually, you know, I suppose they got the kind of, the informant at least got his just desserts. He ended up after, you know, killing 25 people accidentally. Yeah. Um, got his just desserts. But then the, the U.S. government is condemned by a judge 15 years later as being the villain her word, in the case, and it'll just carry on. But it's interesting that legally, <laughs> it is now the villain. That whole war on terror is underpinned by mm -hmm. those FBI, fake, fake FBI terror plots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just, uh, here's your, this is actually, it's a flashback in 2009, if you just put it up there, um, scary picture. So I wrote that, well, that was a flashback in 2009, so I think I wrote it in 2006 or something, or 2007. Uh, anyway, um, if you scroll down, you can see the, um, that's, that's the Miami terror cell on the left. <laughs> well, I was given a bunch of different examples of, you know, one such case was the case that of the Miami terror cell back in 2006, the slightly deranged group of five Christian Zionist Muslim martial art Im immigrants called the Sea of David were quietly living in a warehouse in Florida awaiting the fulfillment of the biblical end times prophecy when one day an undercover FBI agent came along and said and offered them 50 grand, initiated them into Al-Qaeda, provided them with military boots and video camera and suggested that they wanted to blow up certain government buildings 
and the Sears Tower in Chicago. And I think they were the ones that also suggested to them that they wanted to wage a full ground, full, yeah. a full ground war on the U.S. Full scale ground war, full <laughs> ground war on the U.S. And then, for, like, I mean, the article goes on, but I'm, I mean, I have a bunch of other. There's another one, five Miami men convicted of Sears Tower plot. Um, well, that was the same one. Um, and then there's another one. Um, it was another. It was, I, I wrote a bunch because it was happening so much, you know. But uh, the title of this one, which was 2010. 14, 13 years ago, um, is gets you know highlights the point of it. You know, I mean, if you just scroll down, you can see I just have them listed there: homegrown terrorist plot number one, homegrown terrorist plot number two. Keep going, homegrown terrorist plot number four, number five. Um, so, but the title of it, "Legislating Away Your Freedoms One Homegrown Terrorist at a Time," was the point that we could see, and I could see, you know, we could see anyway at the time. Uh, so we're talking, you know, not just 14, but we're talking this beforehand, so like up to oh, pretty much 20 years ago, the point of these terror plots that now is being admitted that they were put up jobs by the FBI, the point of it, there's obviously there's always several points. One of them is for the FBI to justify its Budgets existence and its year. budget in the context of a, there's a war on terror and there's a terrorist threat in America. You better start fighting terrorists. But... The end result, the broader result, was that it it progressively was used to erode, uh, increase government uh, uh, control and, and passing of laws that infringed civil liberties in the U.S. and around the world by extension. Um, and yeah, basically taking people's freedom away. That was the ultimate, ultimately what happened as a result of it. And we were trying to tell people at the time when these were coming out that this is where it's going. And then... You know, the culmination of it almost you know, 20 years afterwards is, for example, something like COVID, you know, where the government can put out messaging. There's such a, such a, a climate of fear uh, promoted by the government that, that induces a kind of dependence on government that when they launch something like COVID, they have a population that's been so conditioned that they immediately follow all of the dictates that the government says, regardless of how ridiculous yeah. and punitive and unnecessary they were. That couldn't have happened without... Without all without of the whole that. terrorism business since 9-11. Yeah. And he, well, obviously beforehand, and it, it changed. It, it, on the legal level, it obviously impacted, but that has more than just the effects of what you can and can't do, because in your mind, mind, your mind changes as well. It changes the culture. The the Ver- project Veritas um, doxing or whatever undercover reporting on that CNN technical director mm-hmm. twenty years prior or even ten prior, that would have been bombshell. He'd have been fired. There would have been an investigation, at least a superficial, because everyone knew, even in those verified circles at CNN HQ and in Manhattan where Zucker meets the other execs and their counselors and they discuss what agenda they're going to push, they all know you can't do Mm -hmm. that. You're not supposed to be seen to do that. But the culture has changed so much that lying and actually articulating that your plan is to lie for money or clicks Mm -hmm. or to spread fear – Nobody cares. That's business as usual. He told her that, matter of factly. He wasn't afraid that he would, she was Project Veritas mm-hmm. and that when that got out, he would lose his job. It's just known. It's common knowledge, right? It changed things culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It changed people's brains. But it's too literally. late. It's the problem too, is it's too late. Yeah. We tried to warn people repeatedly at the time, but it was too late because no one believes. When it's happening, when it's in a process, yeah. 
it's it's we've had this kind of foresight where we have this had this idea that things were going to go in a bad direction, and then we saw all of these different events happening that were setting up that that course of direction over the next x number of years, and we just tried to publish publish stuff about it and tell people what was going on. But when people look around, they don't see it happening. You know, it's like while you're being while you're being conditioned and prepared, you don't notice it. It's only when the conditioning and the or the programming in a certain sense is complete, then the hammer comes down mm. or the door comes down and you're locked in. Uh, but it's too late at that point. So you have to have seen it beforehand and saw where, seen where it was going in order to, at the very least, at, and at the most important level, in fact, protect yourself psychologically from it to not believe the lies. But so many people have swallowed the lies for so long, they now are, part of their DNA is... Lies, basically, you know what mm. I mean. So they don't notice them when Slav- it's normal. Slav- Ukrainian. Well, it's this, it's this, it's the water they they swim in. Yeah, like fish, you know. So anyway, I think we'll leave it there. Yeah, for this week, right? So it's been going on uh, long enough, uh, almost not far off two hours. So we got to call it quits. I have one joke. Did you hear that they uh, arrested the devil? Stop. Yeah, they got him on possession. <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave it there for this week, folks. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for commenting and for watching, well, in general. Um, we'll be back next week with another show. And our camera's super blurry. Is that just for us? Anyway, we'll be back next week with another show. Until then, have a good one. See you later. Thanks for watching. Bye, all. Can't stop the signal now.